Hey, welcome to Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership with myself, Todd Vino, and the one and only Clinton Wilkins. Clinton Wilkins, what is up today listening to the Tragically Hip? You know, who doesn't like the hip? And, you know, it's the weekend, so uh, happy weekend, everybody, and uh, thanks for tuning in. Yeah, we're happy to be here on News 95.7, and again, uh, just a wonderful Saturday, or if you're listening on Sunday as well. Yeah, it's We're back-to-back. How good is that, It's the weekend. It's the weekend. Do you take time off on the weekend, or do you work all the time, steady, constantly? You know what? I don't see any clients on the weekend, and, um, you know, that gives me a little bit of a break. You know, during the week... I sometimes am working like 15 hours a day plus. So on the weekend, it's a good chance for me to reset. And, uh, you know, I'm a kind of a weekend warrior. So I do everything on the weekend and I really focus on work during the week. You work 15 hours a day? I don't believe that. That's, yeah. that's, that's not simply not true. Not every day, yeah. but there are many days I work 15 hours a day. And usually I start somewhere around 7 a.m. At, at home. Yeah. And then I get to the office 9, 9.30, 10 a.m. And I start seeing my first clients at 10. And I'm often at the office until about seven o'clock, go home, you know, maybe I'll do my yoga or my workout, have dinner, and then I'm on my computer again. So I'm certainly logging a lot of hours, and I think it's just a recipe of what's going on here in this market. Uh, Spring is right around the corner, and, you know, during the show, we're going to talk about springing into home ownership. I know it's certainly a hot topic here for our listeners and the people that live here in Halifax and across Atlantic Canada. Um, it's an exciting time, and I think there's a lot going on. So, If I asked the producer of the show, Jonathan Snow, to verify these hours that you suggest that you have, would he would he back that up? I'll look over right now at him. Does I'm he sure he that? would give us a, 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 a thumbs up. He knows. Oh, oh he's, halfway. It's a half, it's, yeah. it's a half, half thumb. I don't yeah, know. He's the truth at barometer. Is it, is it, is it, well, he knows because he's getting these uh, emails uh, from me at all hours of. Does the he work day. for you? Is he a subordinate of yours? So Jonathan is basically, you know, a subcontractor. A sub, but can you order him around? Do you? I mean, I don't know if he will, uh, you know, accept the orders, but uh, <laughs> I try. All right, so we are absolutely happy though to uh, be on the air and 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 enlightening people about these important. This is an important topic, right? And you're very passionate about this. Everybody knows that you are. Uh, by the way, we should mention that you've done some other media throughout the week, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we, we did some work with uh, CTV, CTV earlier yeah. this week. Yeah. And um, uh, a couple weeks ago, we were actually on uh, some community radio as well. Community so radio, we're yeah. certainly doing a lot. And it's all really ties into education and awareness. And I think this is so important. Yeah. You know, when a consumer buys a home, it's the biggest purchase of your life and the mortgage is the biggest debt. And we want to make sure you're protected. We're really biased to the consumer at the end of the day. And we think that we basically lend them to the lender for the period of the term. And, uh, you know, about 60% of our transactions that we do every day are repeat clients. So I think that really just speaks to the level of experience and, uh, you know, um, the clients believe in us, and they're coming back, right? Right. So for people who are just tuning in and, ne- and not heard you, this segment, and there'll be a lot of new listeners, tell everybody a bit about your business, what you do, some of your background, because, again, it'll be repeats for for some people, but for some, they're hearing this for the first time. I'm Clinton Wilkins, and I'm a mortgage broker in Dartmouth, and we have an office in Halifax, and I've been in this industry for 15 years. Um, you know, I really believe in mortgage lending. I believe that mortgage brokers are the best choice they're unbiased and you know we have access to about 40 different lenders and the really neat thing about our office is we basically run it like a bank branch you know we have two offices and we have about 11 people who work here and you know the one thing that really differentiates us from other lenders is we're answering the phone 
and we're also in the relationship business. As you know, you know, at the bank branch level and the credit unions, there's a lot of turnover and there, you know, you don't have the relationship that you once had. And I think that's really what differentiates us from, you know, our competitors. You say you've got uh, 40 different lenders. Do you have people approaching you, lenders saying that's probably a regular thing, eh? people wanting you to to, to move their money around? Yeah, we have lenders that, you know, knock on our door every day. Every you day, know, we yeah. have our preferred, you know, five or six that we use all the time. Yeah. Um, and you know what? Uh, the relationship is really important for us because we're able to get better service from these lenders as well as, you know, usually a little bit of a better rate for the consumer. So, you know, it's a little bit like Costco, for example, mm -hmm. but we're a Costco that only sells toilet paper. Yeah. So, you know, we're experts in just doing that one thing. And, you know, it's really about providing the best unbiased advice to the consumer. Okay. Of those, of those lenders, how many would be uh, local, I guess? Um, you know, some of the lenders do have local underwriting. There's yeah. two or three that we use that, uh, you know, do all the underwriting here in Halifax and surrounding areas. Majority of mortgage lenders in, in Canada, all the underwriting's done in Ontario. But the couple of the uh, ones that we use every day are all underwritten here, which I think is really super cool because they understand what the challenges are. They understand what the areas are. They understand, you know, the employers and, uh, you know, how real estate works in Nova Scotia. Um, but regardless of what lender we use, having us as the advocate, I think makes all the difference because we're able to look at the income, the assets and the credit and really put these files together. Every single, you know, file is kind of like a snowflake and every consumer is like a snowflake. Their situation is different. So, you know, we're able to put that together and really find the best solution. Would it be safe to say that mm -hmm. local lenders would generally have have higher interest rates, or is that a... Not necessarily, no. no. Okay. So just think, what about the Bank of Nova Scotia? They're one of the biggest lenders in the country in the yeah. mortgage space, yeah. and they're one of our top partners. So we're doing business with lenders like Scotiabank every day, and Scotiabank has local underwriting here, which is really super, super neat. They can make decisions right here. Right here. Yeah. The decisions are being made every day, uh, right out of Nova Scotia for our files, which is really, really cool. And, um, you know, they're a great partner of ours. Um, uh, and there's other lenders that we that we use that have local underwriting here, right. like Home Trust and uh, a bunch of credit union partners that we use. So, okay. Has, has it happened? Because this is this is this is part of I think you're all choked up. over Yeah, there, I'm choked you? up. I'm just like so excited about mortgage lending. <laughs> Okay. And I can talk about mortgage lending all day, yes, every day. So we, like, we know, we know, uh, which is great. Uh, so have you ever pushed back on, on a no, on a rejection? Do you push back? At, I mean, every day, every, every day, day, you yeah. know, you know, and, and I don't think it's necessarily about fighting and we don't get a lot of no's because we know how to package these transactions. Yeah. So usually it's always the path to yes, but you know, no's do happen for a variety of reasons, but you know, if we need to escalate something, we will. And sometimes it's just about taking that feedback from that first lender that might not be willing to do it and then sending it to another lender. But that's the joys of working with a mortgage broker is it's, you know, we're not just sending this to one lender. We can send this to multiple lenders if we need to. Right. And if we believe and we think it's going to be something that we can do, we get her done. Because, you know, at the end of the day, we don't get paid unless we fund the mortgage. So, you know, we are motivated. And that's the difference between working with someone who's on a salary. Because at the end of the day, if they fund it, if they don't fund it, whatever. With us, you know, we are in it with the customer, and I think that's why we're such a great partner to have. 
Okay, so uh, just so that people understand, again, I kind of want to drive this home. There are new people listening all the time. So people, if they've been a, a, a bank customer, one of the big big banks in Canada all their life, their parents have been, they traditionally just go there. That's that's what they normally do. What, why, how potentially could they be, could that cost them lots of money just by simply relying and trusting that, that bank, that one standalone bank that they've gone to all their life perhaps? There's a lot of differences between lenders. I think that's one of the big things. And not every file works with every lender. That's just a reality. You know, maybe it's something with income, maybe it's something with assets, maybe it's something with credit. Every lender has different programs, which I think is important to remember. But also, their risk appetite is different, and it changes. And the rates are really different from lender to lender. So, you know, that's why we're able to package it and figure out what the best solution is. And sometimes it's not just about rate. Sometimes the lowest rate is not the best rate for the customer. And, you know... Why is that? Because, you know, sometimes if you take some of these low-rate products, it you have to give up some of the features of the mortgage. And that can be very restrictive. To Such as? Portability, yeah. you know, the ability to break the mortgage early without a bona fide sale. Like maybe you need to refinance midterm. I don't know. Right. Um, and also sometimes it eliminates things like prepayment privilege. You know, consumers should have the right to pay down their mortgage faster if they want. And I think that it's all about protecting the consumer we don't know what's going to happen. A lot of things change in people's lives, you know, financial issues, health issues, marital breakdown. And sometimes if a customer gets one of these no frills type products, it can be very costly to get out. And sometimes the lender will not allow you to pay them out early unless you sell the home. Okay. So we've got lots to get to over the leading in in the next uh, 50 minutes or whatever we've got left. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, early renewal. We're going to get into midterm refinance and purchase plus improvements. This is something that people really need to know a lot about. So does that sound, uh, did I miss anything? That's What's coming perfect. up? That's, That's perfect. And we'll continue talking about spring. We'll continue to talk about spring. So again, it's Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership with Clinton Wilkins and myself. And again, we're going to get into early renewal, midterm refinance, purchase plus improvements, plus some more tunes, right, Clinton? Yeah, some more good music coming up. All right, we'll be right back. All right, Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership here on News 95.7 with Clinton Wilkins and myself, Todd Vino. We're mellow yellow this morning. I know. We're going to have to get like our uh, really upbeat song here later on in the show. So you'll have to stay uh, tuned in and see what our next uh, song is. I think you're going to bring it. I think I'm going to bring it. I think I have some good choices. I actually did a little call out on Facebook the other day. Yeah, I saw that. uh, About, you know, what type of music people wanted to hear. and, uh, And are you going to honor the requests i think that we can certainly honor some of these i think that uh you know there's some that i might enjoy more maybe that listeners might enjoy who knows that's what life's all about maybe you might enlighten somebody with your with your sensibilities yeah exactly and if somebody wants to send us a tweet you know send us a tweet and uh on the next show we'll certainly uh play your favorite song we'll certainly choose to ignore it yeah well or you know if we really like it i mean i think we can probably squeeze it in there you go so your guide to home ownership, as mentioned, and we're talking spring into home ownership. It's a spring market. Uh, we're going to talk about listing later in the show and some other things. But first, we want to get to renewals and early renewals. For those who don't understand uh, about renewals and how an early renewal might be advantageous, let's just get into that first. 
And the way that a renewal works is oftentimes when we get involved, we can we consider it a transfer or a switch. And, and usually we are taking uh, a borrower out of one lender and into another lender. And through that process, we basically present this client as a new customer to that lender. And usually new customers get better rates than existing customers. It's just the way how you know it's the way that banks work. Similar to the way that, you know, a cell phone company works. Yes. New customers get better rates than existing customers. So when we get involved at that renewal process, we're able to do things like that. Uh, we're getting a lot of requests from customers to do early renewals. Rates are really at all-time lows. So the way that an early renewal would work, you would have a penalty coming out of your existing product. And that would either be three months interest or an interest rate differential, which is ever higher. Normally, what we do is we do a bit of a calculation to see if it's going to make sense. And um, and we can capitalize up to $3,000 of that penalty on the new mortgage still with this renewal process. So it's a good solution for a lot of customers. Um, you know, we've seen a little bit of spike in the in the fixed rates in the last couple of days and last week or so. Uh, the bond yields have been getting better. So the fixed rates have increased a little bit, but consequently, the variable rates are basically uh, down to the spreads that they were before COVID hit a year ago. So um, pre-March of last year, a really good variable rate was somewhere around prime minus 100 basis points. And now we're seeing rates at prime minus 100 and maybe even a little bit better, like prime minus 105. The exciting part is, Prime is much lower than it, what it was. All right. I mean, you're using t- vernacular here that, that you know what it means, but mm-hmm. for those who don't know what prime means... And so the bank prime for most lenders today is yeah. 2.45. The prime lending rate. Why the, do they call it prime? That's the rate that the banks use to, yeah. um, you know... Uh, lend right. everything so yeah. either you you're you know you borrow something at prime it could be prime uh, something below prime it could right. be above prime yeah. but that's the rate that floats and it's connected to the key overnight rate that the bank of canada sets eight times a year when they right. do their meetings yes so um you know we are big believers in a variable rate mortgage product you know i think that's a great solution for many customers it's not right for everybody but for a lot of people it is the right solution the reason a variable, you know, sometimes is so strong is you can break it any time with only three months interest. So we know what the penalty would be to get out of that term early, but it gives you the flexibility to lock it into a fixed rate at any time with no cost. Right. Um, so more and more consumers are considering this variable rate product. I can tell you the consumers that we did a variable rate before COVID hit are very happy with me because oftentimes they have that prime minus 100 or so. And where Prime is 2.45, those customers today have rates at 1.45, 1.40. And really, you know, that's almost rock bottom. So more and more consumers are thinking about variable today than they were maybe even a couple weeks ago, just because the fixed rates have gone up, but the variable have gone down. Okay. One of the, I I guess, issues with with these low, low interest rates is, People get into a, a mortgage that works in their payment now, but the in, the rates could will will go up. We know that so five, six, seven years out. This ties in with people's ability to pay and the stress test. That's right. Uh, so can you get into that a little bit? Why and that's federally regulated, but why that's why that's good for the consumer? I guess. Yeah, we want to know that if the rates do go up. So if your variable rate goes up, but what happens when your fixed rate comes up for renewal? Yeah. The rates could be higher. 
So the way that we qualify a consumer today is based on the five-year posted rate from the Bank of Canada. So today we're qualifying consumers on 4.79%. Do we think the rates are going to get to 4.79% in five years? I think it's highly unlikely, mm -hmm. but that's what the federal government uh, makes every consumer get a qualified at. So we know you can afford your mortgage at a higher rate. And, the, you know, the one thing about the variable, and I just want to circle back to this a little bit, we send an email and now we're sending SMS to our clients uh, who are in a variable rate. We watch the rates and we can give the feedback to, you know, customers if we think they should make a change. And we have. We've actually called a bunch of our customers over the last couple of years that we can give them a better rate, whether that's a better fixed rate or a better variable rate. Um, and we're, you know, we're able to do some of these midterm renewals and uh, save customers really thousands of dollars and capitalize that penalty. But it's not just renewals that customers might want to do early. Maybe they want to look at a refinance. And you know we're getting many more requests for refinances this year than we did last year. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the key reasons is the values are up in Halifax and really across Canada, the values are up. And when you refinance, you can refinance up to 80% of the market value of your home. And if the home value is up, that means that you can access more equity in your home, less your existing mortgage and or secured lines of credit. All right, you're jumping the, the gun on me here with segments. I want to talk about that after. It's all good. We'll circle back to that too. Right, but I, I think there's more to drill down into, into the renewal process. So uh, one of the disadvantages, I, I guess, if you wanted to use that term, or barriers to, to shopping around at renewal, oftentimes is people may have uh, job changes, yep. income changes, as a lot of people have gone through that with COVID. Mm -hmm. And so they may be reticent to do that because of these reasons. They may say, look, I just want to refinance or just renew with the bank. They're offering me a rate. It might be a little higher than I want. But uh, so what do you, what advice that, do you that give people? That does happen, Todd. Yeah. That does happen. Yeah. And sometimes we give the advice to the consumer to say, hey, renew with your existing lender. Maybe you just want to take a one-year fixed uh, until your situation, you know, might be in a, a, you know, a position that you can transfer out or maybe get that refinance that you really want to do. We do give that feedback all the time because when you change lenders, whether that's a refinance, whether that's a, a renewal, if you're changing lenders, you need to requalify. So we're looking at the income, we're looking at the assets, and we're looking at the credit. Um, most lenders, nine times out of 10, maybe 99 times out of 100, yep. are going to offer a consumer a renewal. The only times that they don't necessarily offer a customer a renewal when the, when, you know, the term comes up, if they've had maybe some credit issues during the term, and maybe they're not comfortable with offering a renewal, or maybe the repayment on the mortgage wasn't A1. There are some reasons why they might not offer a renewal, um, or maybe they're not they're no longer lending. You know, so there's so sometimes it happens that lenders shut down or right. get acquired or merged yeah, or whatever, sure. and you know whoever takes it over may not be interested in continue doing that business, and they require that mortgage to be paid out. Normally, in those type of situations, we really do need to get involved and figure out what the best solution is going to be for that customer. And in some cases, the customer, you know, chooses that they want to sell their home. And it doesn't hurt uh, for, for if people get a renewal letter to have a consultation with you, right? 
I would say it never hurts. It never hurts. And many of these times we can save the customer money because when these renewal offers go out from their existing lenders, usually they're at much higher rates than what are available out there in the marketplace. Okay. So coming up after the break, guess what we're going to talk about? Uh, I don't know. Maybe some refinance. <laughs> Purchase plus improvements. Okay, good. You, were, you, you, you wanted to, you were in, very enthusiastic about talking about that. Well, right? I'm excited about it because uh, Purchase plus improvements is certainly a hot topic. It's very important for um, anybody who's looking at buying a home. Okay, we'll be right back to get to talk about that on News 95.7 Mortgage 101, uh, your guide to home ownership. We'll be back. As he shakes his head. <laughs> what are you doing? See, isn't this a good one? I Yeah, it's good, but it, 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 I don't know. Let's go, girls. It's but we a, were guys. I know, but I think there's probably a lot of ladies listening as there well. There are a lot of ladies listening, but you and I are chatting. Well, you know what? We have to keep everyone interested. And this was one of the requests from our listeners. Oh, they wanted true. to hear a little Shania Twain. I thought, what better song to hear on the weekend, really? Turn it up a little bit. I like Shania Twain. Well, I think a lot of people do. Yeah. Canadian, you know. Timmins, Ontario. Timmins, Ontario, yeah. yeah. Wow. And you know what? We're having a lot of people relocate here from Timmins and from all over Ontario because who wouldn't want to be in uh, Atlanta, Canada? And who wouldn't want to be in Halifax? Who would want to be in Timmins? I'm not sure. I've never been to Timmins. Have you been to Timmins? No, and I don't plan on it. But you never know. I might do a Trans-Canada tour someday. Maybe we could be live from across the country. Who knows? Who knows? All right. Uh, Mortgage 101, your guide to homeownership with Clinton Wilkins, who you just heard chatting, talking, his voice. Chose that music, not me. And my name's Todd Vino. Happy to be here on News 95.7 on the weekend. And we are getting into all types of good stuff here when it comes to mortgages, and there's so much to unpackage. A purchase plus improvements must be one of the more complex components of your business. Is it? We get requests for purchase plus improvements every day. And I think it's something that it's really important for consumers to think about when they're buying a home. You know, the old adage, Todd, is, you know, buy the worst house in the best area. And where the inventory is limited right now in Halifax and a lot of places across Atlantic Canada, thinking about purchase plus improvements is really important. So I'm going to talk a little bit about how the logistics work, and uh, we'll get into a little little bit of this. So um, when you think about purchase plus improvements, we really need to have a quote from a contractor up front with your offer. And we would get the, the mortgage approved with the purchase plus improvements all together in one package. And we can typically finance up to 20% of that purchase price to a maximum of $40,000. And uh, the way that it works is that we, all the funds are held back and you have 120 days to get the work done. And once the work is done and we verify that the work is done, then the funds get released to your lawyer. Okay, so you must have to establish uh, what with your with the contractor? Do you documentation? How does this all work when it comes to them getting paid and them knowing they're going to get paid? So sometimes, you know, the contractor will need, uh, you know, verification from the lawyer that they're going to get paid. Maybe yeah. there's a direction of pay done. And maybe the consumer has to, you know, do a deposit out, out of pocket. And then the contractor gets paid the, you know, balance of what is due at the end. So maybe you have to have a little bit of skin in the game as well. Or maybe you, you might have to have some cash and credit to be able to fund these renovations through the process. And then you basically get reimbursed once the work is completed. Right. 
All right. So if you're going to use a line of credit and, and take $7,500,000 off a line of credit before your mortgage closes, that changes the, 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 the math, does it not? That and, certainly could make a difference. Yeah. Normally, when we have a purchase transaction on the go, we tell people, and even through the pre-approval process, don't change your job. Don't go borrow any additional funds. Don't buy a new car. Don't, you know, change anything. Yeah. Continue making your payments. And if you're going to borrow any money, and if you need to use a line of credit or a credit card to fund up to these $40,000 of renovations, do that after the mortgage closes. Um, because we don't want to have any additional debt uh, that we have to worry about debt servicing. Because sometimes some of these files, the numbers are tight to begin with. And more debt might mean no mortgage. So really, you need to be cognizant that you don't want to start borrowing new money until after you take possession of the home. Okay, but again, what if people need that money for the renovations? Maybe they're doing the work themselves, right? You know, I think that everybody's situation is a little bit different. And I think, you know, we can work through that process and figure out what you can afford. And maybe you need to hold on the renovations. Maybe you can't afford them. And, you know, sometimes we do have those conversations. You know, customers do want to do purchase plus improvements, but they're barely squeaking in to get into the home. So, you know, maybe that's something that they need to fund out of pocket over time and they can't finance the improvements. But I think that when we look at the numbers, we figure out, you know, really what you can afford and then work through the process. Okay, so just to be clear, you can't say to the lender, oh, we, we want to do a $50,000 kitchen reno and bathroom reno but we don't want to do what we need the mortgage funded before we do that. You're saying the work's got to get done before the, before you get the before money. you get the money. That's right. Right. And there's no, there's no way around that. There's no way around that because the lenders aren't going to just write a check carte blanche and just like, believe trust. you're going to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, there's a lot of trust in mortgage lending. You know, we're trusting you're going to pay. We're trusting that, uh, you're still going to have the funds for your down payment on closing but they're not just going to write a blank check. And, you know, there's some due diligence here because we want to ensure and the lenders want to ensure and the mortgage insurers want to ensure that your house is going to be worth at least what you paid for it. Plus that improvement dollar amount. They don't want to make sure they want to make sure you're not going to be over leveraged. And they also want to make sure the house is worth it. So sometimes we get requests for purchase plus improvements for people to put in a pool. That doesn't always add value to the house. And in some cases, it actually will reduce the value of the home. So if you're looking at doing these renovations, you really need to be cognizant of, is this going to add dollar for dollar, uh, you know, value to your home? Most renovations do, Todd. You right. know, most renovations, you know, add lots of value. And sometimes it's quite a lot more than dollar for dollar improvements. You know, if you do a $40,000 renovation, maybe your house is worth $80,000 more. I don't know. But everybody's situation is a little bit different, but we're seeing a lot of requests for, you know, kitchen renovations, bathroom renovations, flooring, and sometimes it's as simple as a coat of paint. And that can make a huge, huge difference to, you know, the value of your home and that aesthetic. And, you know, it can really, you know, help you personalize your home and uh, improve it. And, you know, I think that it opens up a little uh, bit more options for consumers you know, it's all great to buy a home that's turnkey or a new construction, but there's only so many options on the market. So I think that if you can know that you can finance some of these renovations and you don't need to pay for cash, you can finance it with the mortgage. The rates are at all-time lows, 
And it really makes sense to combine the renovations with the, you know, the purchase of the home because it's all going to be in that single mortgage. You know, some consumers will renovate the home after they own it, but they still have no cash. So they have to borrow it on a loan or a line of credit. And, you know, some of these debts are really hard to pay down if you're, you know, close to, you know, what your affordability is. And an option for refinance may take a few years for you to pay down your debt and that, uh, you know, the value of the home to increase. All right. We've got a lot of old housing stock here in yes. in HRM, as we will, and throughout the province mm-hmm. for that matter. And we all know that renovations, uh, what's behind that plaster? You never know. You just don't know, right? And, you know, that's really the risk that you're taking. Yeah. And sometimes things do go wrong. And, you know, it's not just purchases that people want to, you know, renovate when they buy a home. Oftentimes, and I would say even more now than ever, people are looking at renovating their existing home because of the limited inventory. So we're seeing a lot of people calling us to do renovate, uh, like uh, refinance, and it could be a midterm refinance. It could be a, a refinance at the renewal to pull out that equity uh, based on the as-is value of their home up to 80%. They're looking to pull that equity out to do these renovations to improve the home they're in versus selling the existing home and maybe buying a new home. Because if you're selling high today, you're probably buying high, right? right? Okay, so what I was getting at is that you can have the allocated $100,000 for that big reno that you were expecting to do, and that's all you've got. Yet the contractor gets in there, starts pulling down plaster. You need a new this, you need a new that. That 100 turns into 150, 175, whatever it is. They're already got the walls torn apart. What the heck do you do then? How does well, this Well, you have no choice but to continue, yeah. really, at but that if point. if you've got no money, or if you've got if the lender, can you renegotiate with the lender? Usually, once the renovations start... Yeah. There's no renegotiating. Wow. Okay. Right. That's this is With risky. This it, there's certain la- la- yeah. layer of risk, but there's a certain layer of risk when you buy a home. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's what is the educated risk? There's always going to be worst case scenarios. That's what life's all about. But I think if you can work through some of this due diligence and know what you're getting into, there's always going to be the variables. But you know, I would say 90% of the time, renovations do usually work out. But there's always going to be overruns. And I think that you need to have the cash and you need to have the credit to cover these overruns. Otherwise, you're jeopardizing your financial position. And if you don't have the cash or the credit, maybe you shouldn't do the renovations. And maybe the bank would then be a red flag, right? That's that's part of the lender's underwriting process. I would say, you know, when we're doing things like purchase plus improvements, the lenders are looking to say, okay, do these guys have some available credit, you know, to get to completion? Because if they have no cash and if they have no available credit, maybe purchase plus improvements is not a good solution for you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's too risky. Maybe you should just buy that home as is, live in it, build up some equity, and then maybe put some money away in terms of savings and potentially look at a refinance down the road. All right. So you talked about 80% uh, equity. What would give us the nuts and bolts for that 80%? Yeah. Why that's important to what we're discussing here? So for a refinance, so let's say you're that you're an existing homeowner yeah. and you're looking to do a renovation. I think a refinance is a great solution. You can refinance up to 80% of the market value of the home less the existing secured mortgage and or line the credit. So as the values increase, you can get more money out. And as you pay down your debt, your equity position is increasing. So some people, you know, want to do the renovations on their own and then refinance. That can be a good solution as well. If you have the cash or the available credit, because if the work is already done, 
chances are, if we need to get this property appraised, it's going to appraise at a higher value. And that means that we could, uh, you know, do a higher mortgage amount. So that appraisal would be done by an expert hired by the lender, correct? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. we facilitate ordering these appraisals, yeah. and uh, appraisers are uh, licensed and governed by their governing body, and they look at the sales of comparable homes, and that's how the valuations happen. Now, not everyone's going to be happy with their, their appraisal. You know, oftentimes people think their house is worth more than what it actually is. You know, we all think our stuff is worth more, right? But the one great thing about what's happening right now is the values are increasing uh, like gangbusters. You know, I heard some stats that the values went up over 10% last year. And with that uh, increase, that, ena that enables us to, you know, lend people more money when they're looking to refinance. And uh, again, the that will be based on the work that will be done, right? So the appraiser looks at it, projects out, says when this garage is finished or whatever, that is, so they have to envision that in their mind, right? So typically when we do a refinance for renovations, we're looking at the as-is value. Oh, the as-is mm -hmm. value, I see. If we do a refinance after the work is done, again, it would be the as-is value, but that as-is as -is value is going to be higher, right? right? Yeah. Um, the only time that we really look at, uh, you know, as complete is when we look at purchase plus improvements. We that's when we look at what the as complete value would what be. What it'll be then, right? Yeah. So, so that's only if you're going to buy a home. Yeah. Then we want to make sure that the purchase price plus the improvement amount equals that right. as improved value. So the appraiser will they get a set of plans sometimes to look at? To yeah. Say, sometimes they'll get plans. They'll get yeah. the quotes up front so they can really understand what the scope of the work is. And when we talk about things like scope it's really important not to deviate from that scope because when you go to want to get these funds released, we want to make sure that the that the work that was on the quote has been completed, specifically when we're talking about purchase plus improvements. When we do a refinance, we just give you the funds and then you can do with them what you want. So maybe it is the renovations, but maybe it's about debt payout. Maybe it is about investments, and we can talk about that a little bit more. Okay, and early list or spring the spring market and listing as well. We're going to get to that as well, right? Let's bring in home ownership. Okay, we'll be back with uh, Mortgage One Hundred and One, your guide to home ownership. We'll be right back on News Ninety Five Seven. One of the less, more I should say, unknown Ario Speedwagon. It's a hit, but you don't think of this song when you think Ario Speedwagon. But I love this song. You know what? I find this is a really motivating song. It is. You know, like if I'm at the gym or something, yeah. uh, you know, I really love that classic rock. Yeah. And, you know, this one is... Just drives. It just drives. It's like, yeah. you know, like if you're getting in the car and you need yeah. to go somewhere, yeah. you're like, okay, I'm not really messing around. Yeah. This is a great song. Especially if you drive a Range Rover like you do. Well, I mean, I don't know if it matters what type of vehicle Can you I borrow drive, that? I... Can I borrow the Range Rover, by the way? I want to impress my girlfriend. For the weekend? I mean, I already do impress her, I hope. Maybe I don't. Well, I <laughs> hope that you do. And and hopefully she's tuning in because... She uh, is tuning in. We listen. Okay, that's cool. But uh, can I borrow the Range Rover? I mean, sure, if you guys want to. <laughs> you know, as long as I have a way to get around. I actually walk... I'll let you drive my uh, Mitsubishi RVR. You drive in style with that. You know what? I actually walk a lot. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's one of those small pleasures in life. Yes is, you know, having, you know, your dream vehicle. What's Jonathan drive, the producer? Jonathan is a walker. He does walks. He, does he drive a vehicle? He does not currently drive a vehicle. He's had some it's German. Too cheap, eh? I mean, you is know what? Is he cheap? I'm sensing he's cheap. I don't think he's cheap. I think he's very generous with his uh, 
time and uh, you know abilities. <laughs> okay. Is that a positive? Is that is that a positive spin? I think he's cheap. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership with Clinton Wilkins. We digress, and myself, Todd Vino. And it is a spring into home ownership edition because it's March. And uh, spring is literally right around the corner. It's right We're like corner. two weeks away. It is. So let's talk listings. Why? Uh, we know inventory is limited right now. How do people know this might be a good time to list their house? You know what? If you're thinking about selling, there is no better time than now. You know, some people are thinking about selling and maybe you know, building a new home, buying a new home, uh, getting out of the home ownership, um, you know, business or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think if you're thinking about listing now is, uh, really the best time. And typically more homes are listed in the spring than any other time of the year. So if you're in the market and you're looking to purchase, I think spring is a great time and you're going to see, you know, a flood of listings start coming to the market. And I really want to encourage the listeners, you know, if you're thinking about um, selling your home, you know, now is really a great time to think about that. And I think that you're going to get a little bit more now than you would have before. Again, we don't know what the future is going to bring. I think that the prices are still going to stay where they're at. We have a limited amount of inventory here, and we certainly do have a lot of population growth. I know we kind of joked about Timmins, Ontario, and people moving. No, we totally joked about it. But it's reality. People are moving here from all over Ontario. People are moving from Vancouver. In Halifax and across Atlantic Canada, we have a great quality of life. And the cost of buying a home, a single-family home here, is much less than many other areas across Canada. Okay, uh, to be devil's advocate guy, because that's what I've done my entire career, I'm going to do it now. Some would say, okay, it's a great time to list because there's tons of buyers out there, but then, you gotta, then you're stuck with trying to find a home in the same market that you're saying is hot and the reason to list. So This is true. Okay. But, you know, I think here's the thing. For first-time home buyers to get into this market, there needs to be inventory that they can afford, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're not selling maybe your more starter home and buying up in the market, how are the younger people going to get into the market? And I also, I see and I get calls from people to be like, okay, my parent's neighbor is, you know, a senior and they're thinking about going into an apartment. Uh, You know, I'm seeing some private sales happening as well. But, you know, you don't always have that, that network. But I think that, you know, people that are looking at maybe, you know, retiring, looking at going into apartments or whatever... Now is a great time, and I think we probably have some of those listeners listening right now. Yeah. Um, and if you're willing to get your house listed, you are going to, you know, really enable maybe a first-time home buyer to get into the market. And as we know, buying a home is the biggest purchase of your life, and obviously the mortgage is the biggest debt, and that's what we're really talking about. But for first-time home buyers to get into the market, they need a little bit of a helping hand, and. You know, we need to have that inventory available for them. Oftentimes, you know, a family's home is their biggest asset. And to start building that net worth within that family unit, it really all centers around the home. So I think getting the listings going, super important. And there is certainly lots of buyers out there and you're going to get that top dollar. Okay, so some people like to go the route of selling private sale. You mentioned that earlier, you can save... 10 grand and some, who knows, depending you know, where I you can save they, a lot of money. I think the normal commission is usually about 5%, 5% plus percent, HST. Yeah, which is big money on a, on a $500,000 sale or whatever. The one thing I will caution, yeah. 
Sellers normally get more for their home using a realtor. They normally sell it faster, yeah. and you have more protection. Where do you get? How do you? This is not anecdotal. This is empirical evidence that you're. This is real live data. Yeah. So you know, if you're doing a private sale and it's someone you know, cool. If you're looking to sell your home, I really encourage you to list it with a realtor. I think uh, with a realtor, you're gonna have a better experience. And you're not going to have strangers walking through your home and that you have to deal with this and transact and whatever. And it also gives you a layer of protection that you know that that realtor that's selling your home is looking out for your best interest. And the buyer's realtor is looking out for their buyer's best interest. So they're able to broker this deal for you. Let me ask you this. Have you had people come in and and they say they're purchasing a home or they're, they want to list their home or whatever it is and they're doing a private sale and, and you're just looking at it and you're thinking like, I know that you don't have this done, you don't have that done, and there's all, and you, you say, look, you 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 might want to look at, at getting a real. Sales are an actual mess. Right. So do you? Every do time you... I see a private sale, I actually cringe. <laughs> and you know what? Private sales yeah. are definitely a red flag for lenders. Yeah. And there's a lot more due diligence done on a private sale because there's no listing cut. Yeah. There's no brokerage advice from the seller or the buyer side. Yeah. And oftentimes the lenders will call the lawyer on both sides. You can't use the same lawyer typically on the on the buyers and seller side. Yep. And oftentimes there's more due diligence done with the with the buyer with our our, our borrower really. Right. And that's because private sales sometimes are a hotbed for fraud. Not that we have a lot of fraud here in Atlanta, Canada, uh, but it does happen, and we definitely have fraud for shelter. And we have fraud for profit. And lenders are doing more due diligence on private sales. And, you know, it, it, we have to disclose how the buyer knows the seller when it's a private sale. They want to know this information up front. And if it's a family member, you know, that is a different story. But if you're buying a private sale from a stranger, there definitely is a lot more due diligence. And I would say, um, you know, these are not files that get auto-approved. Right. There's definitely a lot more underwriting, and often there's a full appraisal that may be required by either the lender or the mortgage insurer, and uh, they're doing a lot more due diligence on private sales for sure. Okay, and just quickly, if you are out house hunting, get a pre-approval, right? Pre-approvals are key, yeah. and a, really the pre-approval means that you know what you can afford. We know what your income is, your assets, and your credit, and, you know... It, we're the broker, so we're able to package that file to get you the best possible solution. And I tell people all the time, and we make plans. Sometimes there's things that you need to do to get pre-approved, and that's cool. You know, we're here about you know we're here to hold the hands of borrowers, and you know we're really here to be the gatekeeper, and uh, you know we want to have all that information because we want to make sure it's going to be a smooth experience for you when you buy your home. You want to buy your home with confidence. And we want to know that we're going to be able to secure you an approval when you make an offer on a home. There's nothing worse than, you know, making an offer and uh, it falling apart because you can't get financing. Okay. How do people get a hold of you? I think the first place for them to, you know, to start is really check us out online. Check us out at teamclinton.ca slash radio. Lots of great information there. Uh, we have over 400 blog posts on our website, up-to-date rates, lots of great information about uh, buying, uh, refinancing, renewing your mortgage, and um, you know certainly reach out to us, reach out or reach out to another unbiased mortgage professional in your area. We'd love to help. 
And people want to check out her Facebook live stream every Tuesday if they want more of this good content. Yeah, every Tuesday at 1230, we're on Facebook. And you can get to our Facebook page directly from our website. So, again, it's at teamclinton.ca slash radio. And uh, you can surf right onto our Facebook page and like and follow. And you can interact with Todd and I right online. And we're back on News 95.7. We do this every month, right? Yeah, we'll be back in April. And we'll talk a little bit more about spring and, uh, you know, the news topics of the day. Thanks, Clinton. It's been a great, great chat as always. Thanks, Todd. Okay, we will be back as Clinton mentioned uh, next April or in April, in each and every month here on News ninety five seven. It's Mortgage one hundred and one, your guide to home ownership with Clinton Wilkins and myself, Todd Vino. See you next time. Have a great weekend.